This is the Go Remote Podcast with your host, TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Big Johnny D. We have such sights to tell you. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gormore Podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always, your dark lord of knowledge, Chad Chrisman. What's up, bitches? And the killing machine himself, Bobby Amore. The fuck's going on? (laughs) So today is August 5th, and this is the last episode before the conventions begin. And we are three days out from Steel City Comic Con. Well, our setup of Steel City Comic Con, and we are excited here, people. Fuck yeah. It's. I wish I could make that show, but you guys kill it while you're there, please. We got some inventory in today, and fuck. It's we, sexy. It's sexy. <laughs> we stuff. got a lot of stuff. It, it looks fucking great. It's the setup, the way we have everything is going to look professional. <laughs> High quality. Take lots of pictures, boys. Oh, uh, we will. But, yeah, we got that in three days, and then after that, me and Bobby and Tisa will be hitting up Monster Mania. Oh, we're going to fucking drink and do drunk <laughs> podcasts. It's going to be so much fucking fun. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I am going to learn how to properly use this mobile recorder with a microphone rather than the built-in mic, because the built-in mic sucks ass. Uh, oh, so we're do- n- doing some new equipment then. Yeah, I'm going to use Chad's mic over there. Yep. And I'm going to put it on a XLR cable, and we will carry it around that way. Also, I got a poster uh, personalized by old Jason Brooks hanging up in the office now. Uh, Dude, that's fucking wicked. It looks really cool. It's, it's very cool. I got rid of my Silent Night, Deadly Night poster for it. and Definitely justified. <laughs> looks good. That's it the fits other one, so. better. Yeah. And next to that, I got Doug Bradley, C.J. Graham, and Kane Hodder. Sorry, Eric Freeman. <laughs> no, you got him. Over <laughs> I, got, I got him. Over I don't know. I don't. I think you're, it's pretty fine the way you have it. Yeah. So, uh, what about you, Bobby? What did you do? Slice of life. Shoot it. What did I do? What like this week already? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Saturday. I, Saturday. I just chilled. I was. Uh, what the fuck was I even doing? You watch any movies? Remember. I was watching movies, and then I was hanging out with my one friend all day, and then I came home and went to bed. <laughs> this weekend was just a chill out weekend. There wasn't too too much going on. Today was the runaround day, and uh, I got to work on makeup for Terminator now for the next couple of weeks, just so I can get it right for Monster Mania. For sure, for damn sure. What about you, Chad? I didn't do a damn thing. I had, I, had, I, had, I had to take a one-day weekend so I could have a three-day weekend for Steel City Con. So my whole weekend that I actually did, you know, just helped the in-laws prune some trees, did shit like that. Wait, are you going to be there Friday now? No. Oh. No. No, I needed to work today to have Saturday. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I usually work Tuesday through Saturday. Oh, okay. That's right. And yes. we, don't have, we don't do Monday to Friday yet. We're trying to get that changed. So, yeah, I'll be there Saturday and Sunday. Awesome. Uh, Jared and I will be there that works. all day Friday, and Corey will be there in the ladder. And Friday, Sarah will be with us, 
And then Saturday night, we will be celebrating Corey's bachelor party. Oh, Corey doesn't drink. Oh, shit. That isn't going to stop us from having fun with him. I, I don't drink either. So, OK, uh, so you guys can all we'll, we'll not out. drink together. You can watch uh, Jared get all fucking sloshy. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, if I was if I was there, I'd be pissed drunk. <laughs> pissed drunk. Killing machine would be pissed, pissed drunk. drunk. Nice. <laughs> I would just say, leave me by the elevator door. Or wake me up when you come downstairs the next day. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be very fun. Good stuff to look forward to. But again, if you're going to Steel City Con August 9th through 11th, look for the Vengeance booth slash Do Back Discussion Network booth over in Artist Alley. We'll be there. Look for our banner in our smiling faces. Moving on to this week's episode. Get to it. 1987's The Lost Boys. Chad, who directed? Uh, Joel Schumacher directed it. Schumacher. Okay, so directed by Joel Schumacher, written by Janice Fisher, James Jeremias, and Jeffrey Bohm. Produced by Harry, Harry uh, the, the Harvey Bernard and <laughs> Richard Donner. Starring Jason Patrick as Michael Emerson, Corey Haim as Sam Emerson, Diane Wiest as Lucy Emerson, Bernard Hughes as the grandpa, uh, Edward Herman as Max, Kiefer Sutherland as the excellent David, Jamie David! Gertz. Jamie Gertz as Star, Corey Feldman as Edgar Frog, Jameis Newlander as Alan Frog, Brooke McCarter as Paul, Billy Worth as Dwayne, Alex Winter as Marco, Chance Michael Corbett as Laddie, uh, Alexander Bacon Chapman as Greg, Nori Morgan <laughs> as Shelley, and Kelly Jo Minter as Maria, but most of her scenes were cut from the movie. Ah. Hmm. That sucks. Music by Thomas Newman, cinematography by Michael Chapman, edited by Robert Brown, distributed by Warner Brothers, released July 31st, 1987. TJ, this movie's older than you. Ah. <laughs> all of Lamar, Chad, all of Lamar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so wait a minute, it's older than me, too. <laughs> you youngsters. I almost saw this in the theater. Hey. I almost saw this in the theater. It was playing uh, at the same time as uh, Predator. And uh, Jaws the Revenge, and I stupidly went to see Jaws the Revenge instead. What, you, you, you didn't like watching the roaring shark go backwards with all the wires going into it? <laughs> hey, in my defense, I, I was all about sharks. In so. his defense. I, was, I loved sharks. That's man. not a defense. That's not a defense. I liked sharks before it was cool to like sharks, before Shark Week even existed. But okay, so uh, released in 1987, <laughs> runtime of 98 minutes, budget of 8.5 million, grossed 32.2 million, and let's roll that fucking trailer. Ooh. Roll it. I'm sorry, boss. I'll make sure I do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> Got that on recording. <laughs> Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Two horrible sequels. Oh, sorry. Um, Terrible. About Santa Carla yet? No. I don't mind the sequels. Everybody just doesn't like them. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. I heard the first one was good. Floating out of the window, I ain't helping his ass. Stink. 
drive right through his heart. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. <laughs> wait till mom finds out. <laughs> Well then, yeah, what a trailer for what a, a movie. fucking movie. What a movie, man. Bobby, do you want to read that plot rundown? This is a good one. Sure, I got it for you guys. All right, financial troubles force a recent to foresee and her teenage sons, Mike and Sam, to settle down with their father in California town of Santa Carla. The town is plagued by bikers and some mysterious deaths. You see all the missing signs around the fucking place. <laughs> At first, Sam laughs off rumors he hears about vampires who inhabit the small town until he makes friends with two other brothers who claim to be vampire hunters. But after Mike meets a beautiful girl at the local amusement park, that's how it always fucking starts, he begins to exhibit the classic signs of vampirism, sleeping day, staying out all night, and drawn into a beautiful girl. It sounds like a lot of people's Saturday nights. <laughs> The younger boy starts getting into trouble because of his friend's obsession. Fearing his own safety, Sam recruits the two young vampire hunters to save his brother by finding and destroying the head vampire. Hell of, hell of a plot and hell of a movie. There's a lot more to it. <laughs> oh, yes. There's so many fangs and so much garlic. It is, it's, it's, it's always the beautiful girl that lures you in. You just can't resist, can you? <laughs> exactly. That's how, that's, that's how they get you. Oh, no, yeah. that's that's the head talking, and it ain't the vampire. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bobby, damn you. Uh, yeah. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> this movie is amazing. It's We could talk about this so much. But, Chad, give us behind-the-scenes stuff. Well, I got a, actually a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. You, like, you didn't even need to do any notes. I found a shit ton. So uh, yeah, there was a lot. This was Corey Haim and Corey Feldman's first film together, which marked the start of a popular '80s trend: the two Coreys, in which Feldman and Haim starred together in a number of teenage films. The original screenplay, written by Jan Fisher and James Jeremias, was originally about a bunch of goony-type fifth to sixth grade kid vampires, with the Frog Brothers being chubby eight-year-old Cub Scouts and Star being a boy instead of a love interest. The <laughs> original inspiration came from James, who caught upon the notion that Peter Pan could fly visited Wendy and her brothers at night and never grew old. The simple notion that Peter Pan was a vampire was the genesis for the story. In the final, in the first draft of the script, the character of David was originally named Peter, and other characters also had names from the Peter Pan story. In the final draft, many name changes were made, but originally the two brothers were Michael and John, whose later changed to Sam, and the mother's name was Wendy. Uh, the most obvious nod to the Pan story is the dog Nanook, inspired by the character Nana the dog. The grandfather character uh -huh. was never part of the original story, but later created in the draft by Jeffrey Bohm, who was hired to do the final rewrite, which was probably the best thing they did. The grandfather. Yeah. Uh, he, he's dead. he was my favorite character. I'm just calling that right now. So Joel Schumacher hated that idea and told the producers he would only sign on if he could change them to teenagers, as he thought it would be much sexier and more interesting. Boom. Nailed it. Good call. <laughs> Absolutely. Good call by the Good. guy that made it. Goodbye by the guy yeah. that made the bad call of putting nipples on the bat suit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Joel Schumacher's one directed to Batman Forever. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And Batman and Robin. Yeah. 
Uh, so the new location of the Atlantis Fantasy World comic book store, which was featured in the film, is owned by Joe Ferreira II, who still carries the original number one issue of Vampires Everywhere. This is what we we're talking about that Sam reads in the film. The comic was created only for the film, and its opening page is signed by all of the cast members from the movie. The owner allows any shopper to hold it and take a picture with it free of charge. So you can't nice. buy the original, but you can buy the reprints. Uh, in Max's video store, you can see a copy of The Goonies, which also starred Corey Feldman. Uh, every year at the landmark Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in Santa Cruz, California, the film is screened as part of the park's free summer movie series. Beachgoers may bring outdoor furniture and supplies to watch after sunset. Many features of the town shown can still be recognized, most notably the rise in games of the boardwalk itself. So a lot of it still stands today. Yes. Uh, I know the uh, co the comic book shop isn't there anymore. Obviously, like I said, it's moved. I think Rest it, in peace, man. I think it burned down. Uh, I, uh, a friend of mine actually there, grew up there, so I'll have to ask her about it. She's She always talks about it. But there, is, there is one other movie that is featured briefly in that um, scene where the mom meets Max, and it's European Vacation in the background. No way, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, going on. The uh, the Santa Cruz Chamber of Commerce was not keen on reliving the Myrtle Capital moniker, which had been hung on Santa Cruz during a serial killer's rampage in the 70s. Santa Cruz, where Santa Carla takes place, was once plagued with the reputation of being the Myrtle Capital of the world because of a series of very brutal Radical, murders man. by three different, very disturbed <laughs> men in the early 70s. Ah, because of John <laughs> Lindley Frazier, <laughs> Herbert Mullen, Edward... <laughs> Edmund Kemper, Kemper, God damn it! Santa Cruz endured 28 murders over a 30-month period between 70 and 73. Whoa! Shit! <laughs> Shut up! Are you done? I'm channeling my chili from part three. <laughs> you know, God chili, damn it, like Shelly! Chili and Chuck. <laughs> you, should, you should channel a little Bill from Bill of Tents. Uh, he's uh, in this. <laughs> oh yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Uh, in the Cave of the Lost Boys, you can see a poster of Jim Morrison, who recorded the original version of People Were Strange with the Doors. Also, when Star and Laddie are being carried into Sam's room, you can see a poster of Echo and the Bunnymen, who recorded the version used in the movie. Nice! Uh, Corey Haim jammed with his co-stars in between takes and enjoyed the large props room. Precluded from the nightly parties held by the other actors, Haim bonded with Corey Feldman as they stayed in the hotel watching movies and visited the local arcade. But we also know Feldman liked to party it up, too. Yeah! <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Gertz was actually recommended by Jason Patrick. Joel Schumacher was originally looking for a blonde, They'd, and these two had starred together in Solar Babies in 1986, and that's the reason he recommended her. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Characters in the movie say the name Michael 118 times. Jesus, well, I didn't even yeah, notice. 118 times, most of them said by David. Laddie is the missing boy briefly shown on the milk carton that Lucy picks up off the floor. He's not a relative of Star, just a boy the vampires picked up as a companion for. Her. Jim Carrey was considered for the role of David. Uh, he previously portrayed a vampire in the film Once Bitten. If you guys haven't seen that, it's that would have been hilarious. That would have been hilarious. Once Bitten was a hilarious movie. Yeah, that's why. Uh, says almost of Kelly Jo Mintner's scenes uh, were deleted from the film. The, her only appearance in the movie, uh, she's standing over Lucy's shoulder in the video store, but she still received billing in the film's opening credits. Okay. And you can see her scenes on the 2004 DVD special features. That's I watched true. this I watched b deleted scenes today and I didn't see this girl. She's yeah, pretty have, smoking in that you have, one you have little the scene. International one, maybe it's just the uh, USA version. Ah, that's true. Uh Corey Feldman all, almost wasn't in the movie at the time at the time Corey struggled with drug abuse. 
He was, of course, he was a drug abuser <laughs> at the time. We knew that. At a young age, and showed up to work coming down from a cocaine binge. Uh, Joel Schumacher was very upset that Corey kept dozing off and wasn't able con- to continue filming, so he fired him. But he hired him back the next day after Feldman apologized and swore to, no- swore to come to work prepared, and from then on he did. So. Uh, Fred- and then afterwards he went right back to the cocaine. Yes, he did. Hey, nobody partied like Feldman Dog. Uh, Fred Gwynn was considered <laughs> for the part of Max. Fred Gwynn played uh, Herman Munster oh, in the mm-hmm. Munster's TV series, and he was in uh, Pet Cemetery. Okay. Oh, that was one of my favorite movies with him. Sometimes dead is better. He says it better than, than that new version. I haven't seen the new version. I don't think I want to. Because uh, eh. it's moments. Continue. Just, just the <laughs> fact that they flipped it so that the girl died instead of Gage just just weirds me out. A flipperoni. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland was originally ruck- reluctant to star in the film until he heard that Joel Schumacher had lined up in excess and Jimmy Barnes to sing some of the songs on the soundtrack. Uh, he'd spent a uh, summer in Australia when he was a child, so he was a fan of their music. Huh. Uh, this, although this was their first movie together, both Corey's auditioned for the part of Mouth in The Goonies, and Feldman got that part. Wow. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Jameis right. Newlander lived in Beverly Hills at the time of filming, so on their days off, he and Corey Haim biked, bicycled from his house to the beach, and they had to call Jameson's parents to come pick them up afterwards because it got too dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <Babies>. funny. <laughs> Both the Lost Boys and its direct-to-video sequel, Lost Boys: The Tribe, star a son of Canadian actor Donner, Donald Sutherland. Keith Sutherland plays David in The Lost Boys, and Angus Sutherland plays Shane in Lost Boys: The Tribe. Nice. You can see beautiful. <laughs> going back to the whole uh, Jim Carrey thing, you can see a movie poster of Once Bitten behind Max when Lucy first goes to the video store. Nice. No, I didn't even notice. Uh, Joel Schumacher wanted Corey Feldman's character to resemble action stars of the 80s, so he had him rent Sylvester Stallone and Chuck Norris films. That's why he has the Rambo headband. That's why he has the Rambo headband. Is that why I did too? (laughs) No, I think that's just him coming down from the coke. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that too. Okay, uh, Corey Feldman appeared in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, making him the only actor from this film to appear in Friday the 13th while Kelly Jo Minter appeared in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, making her the only one from that film to appear in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. No shit. Yeah. Uh, when mm. Lucy... Sorry, go ahead. No, nobody was saying anything. I thought Bobby was. No. I think he sneezed uh, or no, something. No. Okay. Uh, when Lucy goes to apologize to Max for leaving their date early, Sam reads a vampire comic book that features a page dedicated all about uh, the dangers of hellhounds, special guard dog for vampires to sleep during the day. Uh, not seconds later, Lucy almost gets eaten by Max's pet dog, Thorn, prompting Sam to save her. So, little foreshadowing there. Foreshadowing. And speaking of which, the merry-go-round sequence foreshadows the order in which the Lost Boys die. Marco dies first, Paul second, Dwayne third, and David last. Boom. In the scene where Sam and the Frog Brothers stake Marco while he sleeps, they're pursued by the rest of the vampire gang as they try to escape back into the daylight. David grabs Sam's leg, but Sam manages to drag David's hand into the sunlight where it catches fire. A tear then slides down David's face as he clutches his hand in agony. The reason for this is the, the tear was from Kiefer Sutherland's contact lenses, lens, lenses, which were stinging terribly, and they decided to keep it in as it looked, uh, they thought it looked good and kept it in context. So that, <laughs> okay, that, was, an that, actual, that was an actual tear. That I actually knew without looking up. I knew that ahead of time. Boom! goes dynamite. David is impaled on a pair of antlers and doesn't disintegrate like the other vampires. Despite what Max later said, he's not really dead. 
This was intended to be picked up in the sequel, The Lost Girls, which was scripted but never made. In the Wildstorm Comics miniseries, The Lost Boys, Reign of the Frogs, which helps bridge the 20-year gap between films, between that one and the the sequel, uh, it's implied that David not only survived the impaling, but went on to create Shane, the head vampire, in The Lost Boys, The Tribe. Oh, shit. All right, so there's the connections. Mm -hmm. Okay. Both of the two 1987 movies about a family of vampires who lure a young man and make him into a half-vampire before he's eventually cured, uh, this one and the other one being uh, Near Dark, feature a son of Jason That's Miller. a great film. Uh, J- uh, Joshua John Miller is in Near Dark, and his half-brother Jason Patrick is in The Lost Boys. <laughs> I've actually Near Dark that. is a great movie. I've never seen it, but I've heard the argument going back and forth between which is the superior vampire movie. So um, um, well, B- Bill Paxton in that movie. Let me tell you something. He he does fucking great in that movie, <laughs> man. Show me says. one movie that Bill Paxton sucked in. The dude was awesome. Came over, man. Came over. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> moment of silence. For the moment of silence for the man. That's a moment. Let's go. All right. And during the climax of the scene, Edgar Frog states that when a vampire bites, it's never a pretty sight. Some yell and scream, some go quietly, some explode, some implode, but all will try to take you with them. All the vampires follow those four deaths exactly. Marco, once taken by Edgar, screams as he dies. Paul dissolves in a bathtub of holy water, causing the plumbing in the house to explode and implode on itself. Dwayne and Max blow up, and David dies very quietly and with minimal struggle. That's true! That's That's fucking holy water. (laughs) You good? Yeah. Oh, shit, wait. You good over there? Yeah, I'm fucking season. Also, uh, Keenan Wynn and John Carradine were both original choices for Grandpa. Wynn died right before filming, and Carradine was too ill to carry on. So, that's... Carry on! The amusement, okay. The amusement park scenes were filmed in the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in California. It's the same park that appeared in Brotherhood of Justice 1986, also starring Kiefer Sutherland. And it was also seen in the Dirty Harry sequel, Sudden Impact, and in Harold and Maude in 1971. Nice. Executive producer Richard Donner originally intended to direct the movie himself, but as production languished, he moved on to Lethal Weapon and eventually hired Joel Schumacher for the job. The movie didn't originally end on a joke. After the scene with Grandpa at the refrigerator, it was... Hold on. I hit pressed the wrong button. It was supposed to cut to the surviving Lost Boys regrouping in the sunken hotel. The last shot was of a mural on the wall made in the early 1900s with Max in it looking exactly the same as he did today. It only appeared in an early draft of the script, but was never actually filmed. Oh. And this, oh, all right. And this one I didn't see in my notes, so uh, this is a good uh, bit of digging by TJ. Kiefer Sutherland was only meant to wear black gloves when riding the motorbike. However, while messing around on the bike behind the scenes, he fell off and broke his wrist, which forced him to wear gloves throughout the whole movie to cover his cast. Boom. <laughs> Uh, at least it wasn't. At least it wasn't a carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's all my notes. You have any questions about this movie, Bobby? Uh, not really. The only thing I will say is, I mean, the se- the first sequel. I mean, I did see parts of it. It was good. This is one of those movies that didn't need it. So why? I personally say as to why did it have a sequel. Because Corey Feldman that, needs more films as the Frog Brothers. We need a Frog Brothers film. At one then point, they should just do a Frog Brothers that, film. That's essentially what the sequels are. At one point, they were going to do a Frog Brothers spinoff, and then they were going to do a Frog Brothers TV series, but 
uh, once Warner Brothers kind of dissolved Warner Premiere, that all went away. So fuck now, fuck, fuck. so now instead, CW is trying to make a TV series remake, and it keeps fucking up, and it hasn't happened yet. So thank God for that. They actually filmed a pilot, and just the backlash for it was so negative because they made the Frog Brothers into the Frog Sisters. Ah, yeah, that's not good. So, uh, so they, they tried. They tried doing the same thing with the new Tremors series, like a year back. It was the same shit. They wanted to do it, and then they got that backlash bullshit, and it just said, "No, we're not doing this shit." Was that the one where they filmed the the pilot episode with Kevin Bacon, or was that the other one? Yeah, he was supposed to come back, and yeah. then so the same thing exactly happened there. What happened to this TV series? No shit. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, that's, that that sounds about right. The how is the From Dust Till Dawn TV series? I haven't watched it. I haven't heard anything about it either. I. I Huh. Interesting. I haven't seen it. For the longest time, I didn't even have that channel. Oh, okay. So I didn't even bother. Yeah, that was that was another reason why I didn't see it either. Yeah, it was on El Rey. So. Who the fuck has El Rey? <laughs> I mean, we have it now. <laughs> I still haven't watched it, but we have it. Yeah. It's on Netflix, I believe, now. Or Amazon Prime. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm not even sure. It could even be on Hulu. Questions, no Chad. Thing. Questions. All right. Oh, wait, we're getting to do Douche of the Movie first. Douche of the Movie douche. will have to be... Chad, go. Oh, no, the head vampire. Douche. Uh, yeah. But he wasn't really a douche until the end. David was a douche through the whole movie. Oh, I'm gonna, never liked him. I'm gonna, yeah, but you're ex- David's expected to be a douche. Max, at the end, though, eh, come on. He was like, You didn't expect that douche to show up. He was like undercover douche. He was subtle douche. We'll go with Max, since the whole thing was all his plan all along, and he just wanted Lucy because Diane Weist was such a piece of ass. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to say the guy who was it played Max. Hold on. Edward Herman. Yeah, he. You know, he was Herman Munster on the Munsters TV movie they made too. Was he? No shit. He was that, and then he was also Richie Rich's dad. I'm ashamed to admit that I know yeah, this, but he, he was. was on Gilmore Girls, too. No way. Yeah. How do you know yeah, that? Yeah, he was. How because you know because my mom used to watch it, and you know, only had one TV downstairs, so I had to sit and watch it, too. Kind of stuck watching that bullshit. Pretty much. <laughs> Prepares oh. you for real life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, on to the questions. Guys, favorite kill? Death um, by, what is it, stereo? Death by stereo. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> wait, 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 wait no, garlic ones. bath. Garlic bath. I'm going for garlic bath. That's yeah, that's pretty cool, too. Ooh, that was pretty gnarly. Both very iconic. It, I'll take both. I can't just choose one. Uh, you know, just, just to break away from the, the questions here for a minute, let's just talk about the movie and about how iconic it really is. I mean, everything about this movie is just. Everything great about the 80s is in that movie. Yes. I mean, it had great music. Yeah. It had it had the styles and everything that you liked. I mean, it had the freaking stereotypical surfer dude kind of. Yeah, dude. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie's just awesome. I've always loved this. But and, and another a story about this is, uh, I said when it came out in theaters, I went to see Jaws of Revenge, and then when it hit home video, uh, I was living in Texas with my family at the time, and I remember like it was all over the previews for being on pay per view. My aunt and I both really, really wanted to watch it. 
but we didn't want to get pay-per-view. So we're like, all right, let's go find it in a video store. So we drove around all the fucking Houston, Houston suburbs trying to find a copy of it. And not a single video store had it in stock. So finally we got back and said, fuck it, we're getting a pay-per-view. <laughs> hey, it's dedication, man. You got to get it to watch it. Oh, dude, we spent an entire day looking and we just gave up. But back then, I think it was cheaper to rent the tape than it was to actually get it on pay-per-view. So, uh, yeah, that's what oh, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that was my funny little story about the Lost Boys. Um, okay. So the, go- the, so, the movie itself just, like you said, it screams 80s. But it's also not too cheesy on it. It is in some parts, but it's not a cheesy one. Right. It's kind of straightforward, but it, it really takes you around the paths a little bit. It's a pretty damn good movie when it comes to that shit, too. Oh, man, the music is on heavy rotation on my iPod. I have the soundtrack. It's How many times has Crime Little a- Sister played in this movie? Explain. Give me a number. <sighs> At least three, because it plays at the very beginning. It plays when Michael's banging star. Ooh. And yeah, it's a lucky it man. It plays little bits here and there, but it plays when uh, David is killed. Oh, yeah, it does. Because it says, thou shalt not kill. Yeah. So I know at least three times. I know three times for sure. <laughs> okay, uh, so we did favorite scene, favorite kill, uh, best scene. Uh, mm. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, that's. And you can't oh, say the whole movie. Just... It's tempting to say the whole movie, but let's try and narrow it down to one specific scene. All right. Um, oh, I like when they stab the dude the first time, whenever he's hanging upside down, killing their first vampire, and blood just spraying all over them, and they're just <laughs> screaming. At that point, you could tell they have never staked a vampire in their entire lives. They were full of shit. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, to- they're totally like, yeah, we are badass. No, we're really <laughs> not. <laughs> we fucked up. <laughs> uh, I would have to say my best is probably towards the end where you see all the kills, but it's just complete chaos. Yeah, the whole final fight. It's... It- it's just like, you know, like you said before, these kids have no fucking idea what they're doing. They play tough. But at the end, it's like, oh, oh we don't guys, know. Guys, we got to pause for a message from our sponsors. <laughs> oh, uh, get to it. <laughs> Hello there, creepy girls. Do you like spooky things in horror movies? Then Cabin 13 has the stuff for you. Check out their selection of horror-themed props, bins, busts, action figures, collectibles, and more. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to visit Cabin13.com and buy something, or I'll kill you! So listen here, there's a guy by the name of Kyle Shola. He's making hockey masks over there on Facebook. Folks be saying it's the best paint jobs around. He calls his business Curse Custom Weather. We'll just make about any hockey mask you want and we'll weather your clothes up too. Marcio Charlie's Horror Costume Studios. Premium hand-sculpted latex masks, butts, and hoods. Everything is handmade and painted by Marcio himself. Be sure to check out his wide range and selection of products over at Facebook and Instagram at Horror Costume Studios. And we are back. From the message with our sponsors. <laughs> from our Jesus sponsors. Christ. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. We were, we were actually so excited to be talking about this movie, we completely forgot to add the sponsors in. <laughs> well, you're 30 minutes in. You guys always don't have to be at the top. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so we're, still, we're still talking about your best. My best scene actually was uh, the bonfire scene. When Michael first sees them as the vampires. Okay. And they just go and just okay. brutally kill 
the headbanging surfers and it's bloody and it's gory and it's visceral and it's just that's when it goes from just being some kind of like 80s movie into that is the first pure horror moment of the whole movie that part always stuck with me it's just brutal and i didn't even pick up on this any other time viewing it until today when i'm sitting there listening to it and not watching it is how appropriate the song was at that point the song was walk this way <laughs> which was exactly <laughs> what they were telling michael to do was to follow them be like them now you know what we are now you know what you are the song was very didn't, e- didn't even notice i didn't even notice it until today i've watched that movie a dozen times and i just picked up on that today so perfect song for the scene that's my favorite scene i like the whole like uh fighting moment in sequence at the end you want to say scene <clears throat> yeah yeah, just like them fighting the vampires is cool. It's almost like a video game because it's it's boss battles. Yeah, it's funny to watch the it's funny to watch all of them just in complete chaos, and then all of a sudden it just goes their way. They totally didn't plan it. No, so <laughs> they did, but they didn't. But I would I would, I want to add I almost picked for my favorite scene was the very end of Grandpa's last line. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the best final line for any movie. All the damn vampires. <laughs> uh, did the opening scene hook you in? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it set it up perfectly. I don't think anything. Okay. Because <laughs> it, it, it really gives you when the security guard is telling you're not supposed to be on the board. It's really like, well, why are they not supposed to be here? Ooh. <laughs> like it's it's, uh, you know, it's like, it, I've, when I first saw it, I'm like, well, why? Why? I just to know why. I was pulled in immediately. I wanted to find out what the fuck you mean he can't be here. It's not like you could just kick them off the boardwalk. You know, another thing that I didn't pick up on until today, just sitting there listening to it, was uh, when uh, Sam is talking to the Frog Brothers and they're telling him about the vampires. And they say, we're pretty sure that uh, there's many werewolves and ghouls on city council, too. (laughs) That would have been a perfect sequel. Yeah, that would have been a great sequel right there. The lost politicians. The yeah, lost politicians. <laughs> hey, now wait a minute. Fan film idea. Oh, there we go. Let's do a Lost Boys fan yeah. film. We could probably get Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> probably could now. <laughs> He's a whore. He'll do anything. <laughs> just listen. Just give him. Just give him something to go with. It doesn't even have to be money. Just give him an eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Jesus! We're going to hell! Uh, oh, here we are! Oh God! Anyway, anyway, uh, best tits, hottest girl, no tits, star, star, star. Sam's mom. She's been in a lot of movies too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she has. Uh, she was in. She, she was in Seinfeld and Twister. Those were I remember her from. Uh, did the score set the mood? Absolutely. Not just the score, but oh, the music totally. itself, too. Best song, Cry Little Sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually the most iconic <clears throat> song from the movie. It actually got remade and done numerous times. They did a remake for the uh, the sequel. Yes. And there's a version that we'll be playing at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. Favorite? Yes. Character? Grandpa. Hands down, Grandpa's my favorite. He had the best Sam. lines. He had the best lines. Oh, he did. Uh, my favorite character would be Michael. 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 Sam and the Frog <laughs> Brothers. Oakley Doakley Nutorino sounds good. Was it scary? Absolutely not. 
It was entertaining. Very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's not scary, but uh, fuck, it's a great movie. Very, very good. Over, watch it over, over and 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 over again. Mm-hmm. Doesn't hold up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Up. Yeah. Despite all the signs that it's obviously an 80s movie, it's still very. Watch very it on Blu-ray. It looks incredible. Michael's hands. Just watch it in general. That looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, was the acting good or bad? It's fantastic. Incredible. Perfect. Feldman's performance is spot on as always. Absolutely. Gravelly voice and everything. That cracked at him well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why? <laughs> there are some people who work good on the stuff. Look at Charlie Sheen. Boom. Tiger blood. <laughs> He's the goat. Winning. Uh, <laughs> cinematography. Excellent. Yes. Very, very good. Oh, yeah. Here's a good good shot. When they are driving up to the, to the lair. Bobby, quit breathing in your mic, you fuck. Uh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> don't be so mean. <laughs> okay. When they're driving up to the lair, there's a shot of the cliff side, the cliff side, then the road, and then them driving up the road. Like So it sets the scene, sets the destination, and then shows the action. Perfect. It's so well done. And then the music's in there. And then they all get out of the car. And Michael's like, oh, I'm weak. And the brother Frog Brothers are like, we're, we're going to fucking take down some vampires. Yeah. Very good scene. Very well done. Very well shot. Yes. I love that whole opening with the aerial shots looking down. Yeah. I loved all the aerial shots that were from the vampire's point of view. Hell yeah. yeah. And you didn't actually Especially see any when of them they flying. Would swoop in. Yeah, oh, you didn't, that was and you didn't perfect. see them flying until the very end. It worked perfectly. I wonder if they used real vampires to hold the cameras for those shots. Pretty sure they did not. Oh. No, just some bats. <laughs> <laughs> some Fruit bats. <laughs> mechanical bats that they used. Oh. Okay, so finally, oh, did, what? did we like the premise? Yeah, yeah. Best vampire, yes. best vampire move ever. So yes, but better than John Carpenter's vampires. I didn't. Like I that. Yeah, that I, dude. I, I, I don't like, know, man. Carpenter's vampires is great. No. Oh. I saw it in theaters. I enjoyed it, but that's not maybe one future of my episode. And let me tell you something. Carpenter made the vampires pure savages. That's for sure. I don't know. I'm not going to say Lost Boys. That was I like how I get pure silence. Great. That makes that, no, that's, just me, that's just me kind of thinking like, no. We will hash it out during the episode review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's the rating? I'm going to give it a five out of motherfucking five. Oh, yeah. I'll give it a five as well. Uh, Bobby? I'll give it a six and it's not even on the scale. <laughs> okay. So we got a perfect movie. Perfect film. We nailed it. <laughs> See, this might be the most well-known film that we've ever done. But deserve to be reviewed. Excellent movie. Super iconic. Everywhere through pop culture. I've actually seen a guy who sells Michael. Not Michael. Uh, what's Keither's character? David. David Masks. Dark Side yeah. Studio sells David Masks. There you go, Bobby. This- we should give you some uh, Lost Boys makeup. Oh, boy. And I can do one of the big fucking fucking vampire. Yeah. Huge fucking vampire, dude. That makes it even worse. Wasn't Max really tall? I want to say. Yeah, he was was actually. The guy who played him was. uh, 
he was tall just in general. Yeah, he's a really tall dude. Fuck yeah. But, well, there, there was a couple of cosplayers at Mania about three shows ago, and they all did the whole group. They did they did it very well with the makeup and everything. They even had real worms. <laughs> I wow. swear to God. That's oh, cool God. shit. You can't eat so them. You next, can't eat them. There's nothing wrong with them. Next official sure. episode is what, Chad? Oh, shit. Hold on. Let me look. I, I didn't even pull that up. There will be bonus episodes from Steel City Comic Con featuring Chad and bonus episodes from Monster Mania featuring Tisa and Boobie. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, our next episode, August 26th, The Mutilator. Ooh. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> now we're getting back into the gore part of yes! the Yes! We get to see the hook pussy kill. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. That, 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 I love those fucking kills, man. That, that should be a cosplay. I'm going of balls. You. I'm going balls out for that episode. All balls right. Out? Oh, just, just take them out, Bobby. Just, just lay them out. out. Whip them out. Whip them out. Oh, they're all over the place. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> whip, them out, whip them out like some jingle bells. Ooh. So. I'll jingle them through the mic for you. <laughs> This is a reminder, Christmas. you can find us at Steel City Comic Con, August 9th through 11th, and then find us at Monster Mania, August 16th through 18th, and listen to all great podcasts on the Dubak Discussion Podcast Network, such as the Dubak Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars, movie, news, theories, reviews, television, comics, all that shit, theme parks, uh... The Gore More Podcast, which you're listening to. The Hall of Heroes Podcast, comic book news, theories, and reviews. The Jerk the Curtain <laughs> Podcast. A Rush of Madness and Mania, your premier wrestling podcast. The Wicked Wednesdays Podcast, hosted by Tisa Wicked. The Rabbit Hole Podcast, hosted by Mick Strawn and myself. A Journey into the Unknown venture down the proverbial rabbit hole with us as we go back in time through mixed stories my rants and whatever else the fuck we talk about <laughs> uh <laughs> so don't talk don't talk about yourself too too much here tj we've yes. already had some bad ones yeah you, you overly talkative bastard find all the podcasts <laughs> egotistical motherfucker <laughs> uh on apple itunes spotify google play and of course the Duback discussion dot net your source for pop culture and so much more and find over all of our merch over at tpublic.com do back discussion awesome t-shirts such as the ddn trinity logo never wipe alone and the rabbit hole Oh my god. Motherfucker. <laughs> Rest assured that your rear end is clean with Never Wipe Alone. Takes the shit right off. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> hey, you'll never miss the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Gormore Podcast. Look out for all them b -b 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 bonus episodes and stay tuned for more. This is your host with the most signing out.
This is Chad Crispin saying, come see us at Steel City Con, bitches. This is Bobby Amon saying, come to Monster Mania and see us or else. Booyah.